Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On board this aircraft, there are six emergency exits. Hello, everybody. This is Ron, your captain speaking. We are currently 30,000 feet in the air, and we haven't even left the airport. We just lit the joint. <laughs> just getting a little, little pilot humor there. We like to have fun. Our destination today is Casablanca, Morocco. So everyone, sit back, fasten your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff. We will be arriving in six hours and 15 50- What's going on, Seven Footers gang? It's your girl, Jenna, here, and Gerard. Looking fabulous over there in a nice red beanie. Just <laughs> on fire, Gerard. <laughs> repping, repping the Trojans. Fight on. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, we're matching. <laughs> we're matching. We're both wearing gray. Look at that. Aww, look at look that. At us. <laughs> what is the word? Cohesive? Cohesive. Uh, simpatico. You know, all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a hard one. That must be a you word. Um <laughs> You know, you know how it is in these streets. <laughs> Speaking of how it is in these streets, let's go to Boston and check mm. out the uh, streets there because it's going down in Boston. It's not looking good. And I say that because after they lost their third straight at home um, at the hands of, what was it, the Hawks? Mm-hmm. Was it the Hawks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, after they blew, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they they completely um, blew a deficit. What was it, 19 points at one point? Third loss at home, and then Marcus Mark comes out in the post game and basically uh, throws <laughs> the two star guards uh, in Tatum and Brown under the bus and says that they need to pass the ball more. And then he tries, if you notice and you read all the quotes, in my opinion, he kind of doubles down a little bit and kind of says that we need to all, oh, they're learning and, you know, we're just trying to get open for them and create space. And I'm like, nah, dude, you told them to pass the ball. That was your first quote. <laughs> that was your first quote. And then you double back because you probably saw the shocked faces of the reporters. <laughs> so um would love to know what's going on in that locker room but for real drama in boston and it doesn't look good for first year head coach in Ime Udoka. so that even makes it even worse so talk to me about what's going on in boston and how bad could this be really for the team chemistry because as Ooh. we know they don't have a history of great <laughs> team chemistry i mean yeah New York and so is Kyrie. Um, so it was it was the Chicago Bulls that game uh, that they lost. Uh, just, oh, double, the Bulls. Just, just double check that one twenty eight one fourteen. All good. I thought it was the Hawks too. One twenty eight one fourteen. They again blew a they had a thirteen point lead at the start of the fourth quarter and lost it. Look, it's early, right? Losing three in a row now is what it is. What's more concerning to me, Jenna, is first year head coach Ime Udoka, who you mentioned. This is not what he signed on for, right? He took this job and was like, one, first of all, there's only 30 NBA head coaching jobs that exist, right? So if one comes available and you you right, you, you take it because there's nothing they grow on trees. But he took this job and he's like, look, I got two potential all NBA type young wings I could build around. This is in their in their 20s. This is the jam. Like I'm I'm excited. And then you know you get there and you still trying to in, in, uh, um, implement his culture and how he wants them to play and all that. So they're still learning. And then, you know, they had some tough games. You lose three in a row. And late in games, the offense is too predictable. And Marcus Smart 
in many ways, the heartbeat, heart, heart and soul of the team comes out and is like, yo, man, everybody knows we're going to pass the ball to Jalen and Jason. We got to do something else so they can figure this out. They got to pass the ball. And that is something that young stars, Jenna, it takes them a little bit of time to learn. When you are a primary score first person, it takes a little while to figure out, okay, how do I create not just for myself, but create for my teammates, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the next step in the evolution of a superstar player, right? Okay, you can go out and get your own bucket anytime. Cool, that's one level, excellent. But the great ones can create buckets for themselves and for their teammates, right? And that's the level that Tatum and Brown have to get to, and they're not there yet. Um, and it's tough because they're young and like they start feeling themselves and then, you know, it, it's a lot of different things. And it's look, I didn't think Boston's going to be like a top team this year anyway. I figured they'd be somewhere around the play in. So I'm not that concerned because I'm like, I didn't think they were going to be a top three seed anyway or a top four seed. So whatever. They are doing what I thought they'd do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too concerned, but I mean, just to see the kind of quote to come out of Marcus Smart. Um, it's an instant team chemistry bomb. I mean, sure, you sure. know, and, and so yes. you want to ruin the locker room? I'm not saying he's ruining it, right. but like it's potential to cause tension. Yes, and we know that in locker rooms, one of the things that can cause fractures are dissension in the ranks and sort of like when fractions start splitting off, right? So it's like you have a Tatum fraction, a uh, faction, excuse me, uh, a Brown faction, right? And this is where I think there could be some potential danger because then it becomes, well, who's the alpha of this team? Is this Jason's team or is this Jalen's team, right? And then that's when we start, and we've seen it over the history of the NBA, right? Where players break up with each other and leave because they want to be the man on another team and not play second fiddle to somebody else. So this bears watching um, from that standpoint. Look, I think Ime is a great coach. I think he'll kind of get those guys to rally and get together and really figure some stuff out. But look, it's, it's noteworthy, right? Like this is, I'm sure not what they thought. And this is something he's going to have to, his first crisis as a head coach in the NBA. All right. You got You got to work through this, right? You got to figure out how to get that locker room on even keel again and everybody all flowing in the same direction. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Udoka does just because Marcus Smart wasn't wrong in a lot of his comments. He wasn't I mean, wrong at all. <laughs> they're very isolation heavy yeah. um, in Boston. And he's right. Teams are figuring out or trying to figure out how to shut them down because you know the ball is going to go to them most of the time anyway. So, so, but again, also, if he comes out and says these things and the ball does go to him and he doesn't perform, well, we that, shall see. And, and that's happened. the challenge for Marcus Smart, right? Because him saying it, a respected player, he is not as great a player offensively as those two are, right? So it does create a little bit of a, mm, it's kind of weird, right? But look, they're going to have to get a handle on this in Boston. Uh, again, Ime's got his work cut out for him to get that locker room, everybody buying in again. It's tough because when you're a team that's, you know, used to winning, right? When you're, when you're kind of going through these kind of lulls, it's not great. Not great at all. So we shall see how it goes. Let's talk about more teams in the East who are having an opposite experience to start the season. And that is the top four teams as we're recording this on November 2nd in the East. And I'm talking about Chicago, New York, Miami, Washington. And 
And when I say New York, I mean the Knicks. (laughs) Let's not get it twisted. (laughs) So we are on the same page here. But let's talk about these top teams who have done a complete 180 from what we've seen. And the Knicks are just continuing on this surge that they've been on from last season to now. And except for that loss to Toronto last night, I was there. And it was painful, (laughs) to say the least. Well, look. Uh, the, the East is elite, Jenna. Like, it's excellent. Like, all these teams that were bad last year, you know, your, your Washingtons, you know, your Charlottes, like, they're, they're, they're rebounding, right? And they're all playing well. Toronto is playing better. They're five and three. But yeah, Chicago, Miami, New York, like, Washington, they, right now, they're the, they're the class of the, of the conference, right? They're a top, they're the top four seeds. Um, look, let's not lose our minds. We're only six, seven games in. It's still early, right? But you're liking what you're seeing from these teams. They are, they're playing different. They have a different spirit, different mindset. And I think that the, the defensive, the, the way the officials are calling the games now are being beneficial to certain teams, particularly the Knicks and the Heat. Teams that like to play physical anyway, whether the rules mm-hmm. are going to change or not. This is actually better for them because they not have to worry about foul trouble now. It's like, oh, you're not yeah. calling those crap fouls? Oh, this is great. Like, we can be even more physical. And, mm-hmm. you know, defense is a thing and, you know, it matters. And when you can guard people, it, 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 it's, it, it, it's, it's something. And, and what you're seeing from New York, from the Knicks, and from the Heat is excellent. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Washington. Look, Washington's playing well and Bradley Beal isn't even shooting that well yet. And they're playing and they're playing awesome. And Chicago, look, Zach Levine has players next to him that can do stuff now. Right? Like, and it's it's seemingly working. We said they were going all in, right? Like, again, talk to me 20 games in and see where their record is. But you gotta like what you're seeing out of these teams right now. Absolutely. I mean, just going off of what you said really quick, I mean, the improvement of Emmanuel Quickly mm. uh in New York. Incredible. His outside shooting has completely improved and he was he's been knocking down shots like crazy which has been great i mean the heat i love the addition of kyle lowry mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. he compliments uh jimmy butler so well bam Adebayo mm-hmm. is improving as well and the new look bulls are giving chicago a reason to walk into the arena and be happy <laughs> yeah no they chicago and fans are happy, happy. Yeah. chicago fans are happy um, man. and the wizards yeah great. No, look, it's and Bradley Beal hasn't even reached like I mean, you know when Bradley Beal hits that extra step up um mm-hmm. during the season. So that's gonna be good stuff right there. They they're they're doing well. Love it. This is this is good good things happening for those franchises. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Let's move on and talk about two teams that I can't believe I'm saying this, but do we have to be worried about them? I'm talking about the Nets and Milwaukee and really quick in real time, uh Middleton out indefinitely in health and safety protocol. Uh in Milwaukee. Well, that ain't good. Um, Could miss up to six games. That is uh, according to ESPN. Not good. Um, <laughs> and and we have already, Kyrie missing as well. In well, New York, Milwaukee's so. already dealing with Brooke Lopez injury and Drew Holiday injury. Yep. Look, we talk about this all the time, Jenna. When you march to the NBA Finals, that is a grueling season. And to come back and do it again... It's difficult. That's why repeating is hard to do. It's miles on those bodies. Like those great Spurs teams, right? Never repeated because it's hard, man. It's hard. They've been to finals back-to-back years, right? But like winning it is challenging. And 
Milwaukee's played deep into the postseason and played a lot of postseason basketball over the last few years. So they're feeling it a little bit. Uh, Brooklyn, you know, they're a game above 504 and three. Look, here's what I think about this, these two teams. I'm not worried about them because of the personnel they have on their squads and because they've shown us more than the four teams that we just mentioned. They've shown us an ability that when games that matter and they're ready to bring it to another level, they can do that. I mean, Miami did have their bubble run uh, last season or the season before last, but you know, that was what it was. Again, talking to me 20 games in. If we're 20 games in and the and Milwaukee as they are right now are like outside the playoffs and Brooklyn's like in that eight spot, then I think it's time to be like, not sound the alarms, but be like, okay, this is somewhat concerning. Like, where are we headed now? 20 games into the season, right? A quarter of the way through. So I think that's that's the marker for me. When we get about a quarter of the way in, that's when I want to see who's where, who's doing what. Has, has the top team sustained? Are these teams at the bottom that we think are going to be really good? Are they still wallowing in the bottom? Because if they are, then we, again, as I said, time to have some concern. But right now, I'm not worried about them. The Middleton news is concerning because only because now it's just Giannis, right? And it's not that, I mean, he's two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, reigning finals MVP. He can carry a team by himself. But do you want him to do that this part of the season so early when you know that what really matters are the games that start in April, May, and June? Right. And so that's somewhat concerning. And, you know, if they get too far behind the eight ball, right, what does that mean? That, so that's the only thing that would have me a little bit concerned. But, you know, again, for now, I'm going to reserve judgment. All right. All right. I agree. I think um, things like this, when you have multiple key players out at the same time, it's going to always be a test of the guy and that's Giannis. So, you know, if he can keep the team together, lead them through these types of adversity situations, then we shall see what the future holds for the reigning champs. Um, But let's talk about your guys, the Nets, Mm. because we had KD come out last week and, you know, admit, of course, you know, the offense and the team misses Kyrie. He still isn't back yet. Um, the Nets are still operating from a whole team aspect and not, you know, solely for Kyrie, which they're, you know, like we talked about in previous episodes, taking their stance and kind of being team first. But let's talk about it because right now, I mean, we just talked about the four teams in the East. They're sitting in the eighth seed right now. They're four and three. So what's it going to take to get them clicking and, you know, out of this kind of slow start? Yeah, I think for the Nets, really, and I tweeted this the other day, and I think I said, like, for the sixth game in a row, only one Nets player has shown up to play, and that's Kevin Durant, right? Like, Kevin Durant has been the only consistent player for this team all season. He looks like he's in regular season, midseason form. Everybody else looks like they're stuck in preseason and offseason, particularly James Harden, right? Like, the Nets don't have a Kyrie problem. They have a James Harden problem right now. James Harden is not in shape, and that is because of the hamstring injuries he suffered last year. Um, so, or last season in the playoffs. So he didn't get a chance to do anything all summer in terms of pick up and doing the stuff that he likes to do to keep himself in shape. He was basically rehabbing his hamstrings. Well, when you, in order to rehab your hamstrings, you can't play. That's, that's how they heal. Right. So he is just now rounding himself and rounding is such an interesting verb. Not what I want to use when discussing weight, but he's getting himself back into shape right now. It's going to take another couple of weeks, I think, before he's back on track. So really, 
What the Nets got to do right now is hope that Durant can just keep him afloat, which he's, which he's doing. Um, he's playing well. But, you know, they need guys like Joe Harris to knock down shots and Marcus Aldridge and some of these other guys to keep playing well because Blake Griffin hasn't had a great start to the season. Joe Harris hasn't been great to start the season. You know, they, they just need guys to sort of kind of come back around. And again, it, to me, Jenna, it's we talk about like this sort of shooting has been down to start like percentage-wise. I think we got a lot mm-hmm. of tired legs. We have a lot of tired legs right now. Again, this is the part of the third season we've played in 12 calendar months. Third season yeah. in 12 months. That's a lot of basketball. And again, you don't see the effect right away, but you're seeing it now. And I have a feeling we're going to see it throughout this season and into the postseason. Have you heard anything in terms of um, Kyrie or anything going on? I mean, uh, he continues to post on social media, but nothing that is giving us any indication of a timetable Net, or any type of. Nets Governor Josiah said that, you know, he hopes that Kyrie gets the vaccine as quickly as possible because he wants them to be part of the team. But the Nets are not moving off their stance. They are. We want we don't want part time players. And the rule is, if you're going to play in New York City, you must be vaccinated. Well, he's not. So he's not playing. We're not going to let him come on the road and do a ha- do a part time thing. So, again, this is all on Kyrie. And I have a feeling there is a date the Nets have in mind of, look. If he is not back by this date, then it's we're done. We're closing the chapter on this season and we are moving on without you. Because as the time goes on, the team builds their chemistry and their camaraderie with each other. We don't need a monkey wrench getting thrown in all of a sudden. Oh, come February, I'm back. Hey, guys. Let, no, no, hey, man, we're on a groove and we know what we're doing now. Now you want to just show up all of a sudden and mess up all this chemistry before we get to the playoffs? No, no, my friend. I, that's not how this goes. We'll also say he comes back. Uh, I'm just thinking of all scenarios. And again, from the human aspect of it, say he comes back in February and the team is doing great. Kevin Durant is carrying them. James Harden's found his flow, his confidence, because I think he said his confidence Mm -hmm. has been affected, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit. He did say that. So, yeah. So he comes back, finds his flow and say Kyrie comes back and is like, hey, you know, I'm ready to ball. Here we go. Like for whatever circumstance it may be. You can't help but think guys are like, hey, dude. Like we've been busting our ass. Like you wanted to assemble all this. Mm -hmm. You've been out here, um, what doing whatever. And then, you know, now we're going for a chip because we're on top and you want to come back. You can't help but think from the human aspect that something, you know, goes on. And I'm not saying with KD maybe or whoever, but like it has to trickle down at some point to these guys that are stepping in for Kyrie. Jenna, regardless, they're going to feel some kind of way about this. Whether they say Kyrie's our brother and we and they believe all that, but there's going to come a point right. where it's like, hey, man, we've been doing all this heavy lifting all season. Now you just want to show up and be like, cool, let's do our thing. Like, and not give us any kind of explanation about what, no, 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 we're good. No, 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 no. That's, that's not going to be a, 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 a seamless transition. And for someone who says, I don't want to cause drama, that's going to be another drama flashpoint for the team if and when that happens. So I think the next stage, if if I'm management in Brooklyn, is we got to nip this in the bud at some point, and just so that way it's no longer a question. Media people like us aren't going to come in and ask any more questions because you've already said it. You said we're moving on. He's not back this season. Fine, right? Once once you put that out there, it'll have a bit of a you know 24 hour whatever, and then after that it's over. Like because we yeah. made our decision, move on. So I think that's the next step if they really don't want this to hang over them all season. 
Exactly. And real quick, this is definitely a conversation for another time, but say we get to the point where the team decides to, you know, close the door on Kyrie for the season and he doesn't come back. And do you think um, they can do it just, not just, but with KD and Harden? Or do you think they need to pick up somebody, you know, start thinking about like, hey, maybe we need to throw somebody in the mix. I think it's, yeah, I think they will be, I mean, look, anytime you have Kevin Durant and James Harden as (laughs) your two best players, you have a very good shot of winning a title and they could still win it. I think they may, you know, have to make another move, not necessarily for like a Kyrie replacement, but for a different type of, of, of player, maybe another wing or another two-way guard, perhaps, sure. But mm-hmm. the idea that, like, you're going to replace Kyrie, no. And especially if the team is, like, they're on a roll and they're humming and they know, okay, this is our pecking order. Mm-hmm. They don't want to upset that, right? So let's just bring in someone who fills a gap that they have. So, yeah, that's I would be watch them come December 15th um, when the league opens up with the players that just signed free agent deals in the past offseason that will now be eligible to be traded. And then, of course, watch them at the trade deadline. Of course, all of this, especially if Kyrie is not back by then, and all signs point that he will not be. Exactly. And I'm just looking down at the calendar right now. I mean, it's not far away. We're shy, you know, over a month here. So that's going to fly. Um, all right. Well, interesting. Great conversation. Love, love, love it. <laughs> um, let's cap it off with the teams that have impressed us so mm-hmm. far early on. Mm-hmm. Who catches your eye that you're like, wow, really didn't expect it? Or, well, you know, who you surprised by here? Anybody? It's, it's not so much that they surprise me, but I've been imp- impressed with what the Miami Heat uh, have done early on this season. I said it when they signed Kyle and everything. I was like, man, this is going to be one of those teams you don't want to play because they just grind and they play so physical and that, you know, so I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Miami. You said it earlier. Kyle compliments Jimmy so well, what they do. Like you love it. Tyler Hero is having a nice, uh, a nice bounce back season playing well coming off the bench. I like this Miami team in the regular season. I'm still not a hundred percent sold on them in the playoffs because one, they play every game regular season included like it's the playoffs. And at some point that type of intensity, you can't keep that up for 82 games plus the playoffs. Like you're just going to wear out. Like it's just, it's a lot. And Mm -hmm. I get it. That's their identity. Cool. And that's heat culture and all that jazz. Love it. Love it. But come playoff time when the game's different and you need those individual shot creators and brilliant scorers. While Jimmy's wonderful, he's not on the level of, Kevin Durant and these guys like he just isn't and yeah I worry about the heat who who's their secondary playmaker score I mean Kyle's fine but you know he worked well when he was next to Kawhi Leonard right and Pascal Siakam I'm not saying that Kyle's not good I'm just saying that as, no but like as Jimmy I, Butler I as his one is a little bit different and then you know he fans me tell me what about Bam Adebayo okay again mm-hmm. like last year Bam's got to show me that he can consistently make shots in the postseason, which he did not yeah. do last year. He's got to show me, hey, you that 15, 18, 20-footer, you got to knock that sucker down consistently. Show that you can be a reliable 20-plus point-per-game scorer in the postseason. Mm-hmm. He hasn't shown me that yet either. So for me, love them in the regular season. I'm still – so I'm impressed. I want to see what they can do come postseason. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jimmy Butler's extra funny too right now. Um, just roasting everybody. I think he called Duncan Robinson one of the dumbest people he's ever played with the other day. Like just being, he's Classic like, I played with a lot of smart guys, but the dumbest one was Duncan Robinson. Classic Jimmy. Too funny. Um, Who's impressed you? Yeah. You know, there's teams that like I want to say, but like I. I, okay, so I was going to say the Bulls because, like, obviously, That's great. They're you know, playing they great. have a yeah. retooled roster. I love it. However, when I'm really thinking about it, I'm going to go with the choice that people would be like, of course, but, like, that was last season. But, no, the consistency and improvement from the Knicks is what has me impressed because – not only do you have this surge last season, but you have, you are, you're powerfully carrying it over into the season. Yes, it's early, but to keep that consistency going mm -hmm. is hard, mm -hmm. especially when you end a season, hit an off season, and then come back after a high like that. You know, you might have some guys that are like too high up here and then what whatnot, but I'm, I'm very impressed at the continued improvement. I mean, Tibbs is the best thing to happen to them. Um, and it's just, it's been great. The garden's rocking again. Yeah. People care. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's great. I love the improvement again. Um, and especially I say that too, just because of the postseason that they had. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't really have a good playoff run right. at all. Right. Um, the, Hawk, the Hawks and put was, the smack down on them. It, like bad, like WWE style, bad, like cage match, like no refs, nothing. Yeah. That's where I went. So, you know, yeah, I used to be a big WWF fan. Look at that. You were back to this. I mean, originals, originals know that WWF, not this WWE nonsense. Yeah, exactly. And all of you like little people that may have watched this and be like, oh, she said F. It, it was Federation. It was Federation. Correct. Okay. Correct. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about a little... Something, something different and some key players. We already touched upon one of them, mm -hmm. um, but let's kick things off with Damian Lillard because after a summer filled with rumors that people didn't know if he was going to return to Portland, he's it was rumored he wanted to trade, then he said he didn't. And it's no secret that Dame deserves a ring. Dame wants a ring. So that was the big topic, right? So now Dame sticks in Portland and he is off to an extremely slow start. Really, I mean, he's a bucket getter, let's be serious. Mm -hmm. He's clutch, he's he's a closer, but that we're not seeing that. His shooting numbers are down um, from the field. And is it his slow start a reason to be concerned that even though, because, I mean, again, we talked about this, Portland is coming back with the same pieces. So you need yeah. Dame on 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 one yeah no it, 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 he he is not on one <laughs> right now <laughs> um and you can't make one right now no and it's look as dame goes so does so do the portland trailblazers right and if he's not playing well i mean they, look this team even with him playing well is not a contender so with him not playing well they're worse they're way worse than that right so i'm not alarmed again we're only have a six seven game sample size so I'm not that concerned, but if this is persisting and we get to the quarter point of the season and we get 20 games in, then yeah, I'm going to be concerned. I'm like, what, what's happening? What, what's, are we just in a bad slump? Are you injured? What, what is going on? So nothing early to get too worked up about, but keep an eye, keep an eye. You know, the NBA, unlike the NFL, right? NFL is only, you know, 18 weeks, right? So your team goes on a four-game losing streak, that's problematic because that's probably going to hurt your playoff chances, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
four game losing streak in the NBA. Well, we got 82 of these suckers, right? Like, yeah, we can we can figure out a way and bounce back. So again, that's why I'm not overly concerned. It's just something I'm keeping my eye on. And again, for a small player like Dame, the wear and tear of the past three seasons, how was it affecting him? And the Olympics. And, you, and wonderful point by you. And the Olympics. We'll see. Heavy legs is what I'm thinking. Exactly. Yeah. He uh, recently came out. He was getting a lot of buzz on social media about that uh, post-game speech he gave that, you know, he, he, about his season starting struggles. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, this is in my DNA. I embrace these types of situations, all that. So we shall see. The the beauty is in the struggle, right? All these great players will tell you that is, it makes the victory and the success that much sweeter when you when you push and persevere through struggle, right? And Dame coming from a small school like Weber State and achieving what he has in the NBA, all that, this is not going to phase him in that manner, right? And that's because we know he puts the work in. The question I have, again, is, is he just exhausted, right? Is that, is that what it is? Is he just exhausted from all this basketball over the past three seasons? Again, 20 games in, if we're still having this conversation, then I have some concerns. Exactly. I mean, you know, when you go, you know, when you finish the season and then you you go to the Olympics and you get married and you pop out twins. I mean, it's a lot in these streets. Listen, listen, these guys are human and they have lives away from basketball. And I mean, that's major life changes. Marriage and children are major life children, major life events, whether you're a pro basketball player or you're a teacher or you're a doesn't matter. Those are major, major life events. Heck yes. And let's move on really quick. We touched upon it already a little bit, but James Harden, slow Mm. start to the season, Um, you know, not to focus on this or poke fun at it, but, you know, it has been acknowledged, you know, he came back to the season a little fuller like he did the season prior. But I mean, this is James Harden. It's what he does. He goes parties with little baby, one of the babies. And then, you know, (laughs) he goes about his business. But with Kyrie out, you know, uh, like people are on high alert here. They need so him. Yeah, they need him. Start? Well, it's, it's like I said, it's the hamstrings that got hurt last year. And the way that you heal hamstrings is by rest. Well, that means you can't play pickup and work on your game in the summer. You have to rest. James did not do any of that all summer long. So he is now, this is essentially the beginning. Of, this is his off season, right? Like the stuff he's doing now is him getting himself back to be ready for the start of training camp and what he normally does. It's going to be a little bit of a, of, of, a, of a transition for him. The other thing, too, is that one thing we can definitely say about James Harden, and this is not speaking out of school, he's not what we would call a, a gym rat or a gym warrior from the wrong word. He is a gym rat from a basketball standpoint. He's not a workout warrior, right? He's not someone who's in the gym sculpting his physique, and that's not, that's not what he does, right? Well, when you're 30 and 31, and as you age, those things you could get away with when you are 21, 22, 23, and 24, not the same when you're 30, 31, 32, after all those years of miles on your basketball, on your body, right? Like, so that's what he's seeing now. It's like, oh, I could usually recover in like 24 hours. Now it's taking me like a week. Yeah. So your body's got to be a much more prepared to handle, right? It's, it's something that athletes tell you, right? Like the older they get, the preparation it takes to be ready for game day increases. Each Every year they get older, it's more and more and more time to prepare. When you're 18, 19, 20, you roll out of bed, put your shoes on, boom, I'll drop 40, ain't no thing. 
30 years old, not so much, right? Preparation's got, and, and we all experience that in our lives, right? Like things that we used to be able to do and it didn't affect us. Now it's like, shit. Like, uh-uh. Heck yeah. Right? So it's the same thing for these guys. And this is something that he's seeing now with the injury. And the other thing you mentioned, he did say after after one of the games, you know, he's got to get his confidence back. Yeah. James, when is the last time you ever heard James Harden say he doesn't have any confidence? This is the first. Never. Never. <laughs> this is the first major injury of his career. And so this is uncharted territory for him. So these are things that are going to have to force him to look at things and go, you know what? I can't do how I used to do. In order for me to be at my optimum best, MVP level James Harden, my prep's got to be different. How I, All that's got to be different. And hopefully he's realizing that and he'll start implementing some changes. Let's hope because, again, like you said, it doesn't seem like Kyrie is nearing a return anytime soon. So, again, we shall see more uh, open-ended questions. But let's talk about another question that I have for you mm. because remember our old segment, What's Up With? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. So what's up with the Pelicans? Because right now they're off to an extremely poor start. They're one in six uh, right above the thunder there in the 14th seed. And Zion Williamson with, is still recovering from that fractured foot. His return is up in the air still. No timetable except a little bit of a two to three week window when he'll be reevaluated after some scans that he gets. Now, prior to this, um, Griffin said that he should be back for the season. And now that just isn't happening. So <laughs> we obviously see him on the sidelines and looking a little fuller um, <laughs> these days. And again, not making it a joke, not poking fun. Which but is, I mean, this is a thing with conditioning. No I mean, doubt. he's not even approved for five on five work. No doubt. Um, he has no contact still on that fractured foot. Again, he's still recovering from that. He sustained in the off season right around summer league. So talk to me about this team. Is there any hope? I mean, we have Brandon Ingram who just didn't play because of a sore hip. I mean, what do we got here? You're, I mean, what's up with this perfect? What is going on with this Pelicans team? The part that's still so strange to me, Jenna, is, is that Zion broke his foot sometime this summer. And we did not hear about it until media day. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, and it's not about the media and like we need to be informed of everything we know about everything before it comes out how is it we didn't know about how was this hidden literally hidden for months exactly and no one i don't understand no eight no woes no shams were able to leak anything how, how is that possible i mean i got theories on that but yeah that's, that's that's something for another day <laughs> so they said that he'll be reevaluated in two to three weeks okay so that yeah. puts us now somewhere on the end of November, okay, around Thanksgiving time. Not that he'll be back to play, that he'll be back to be re-evaluated. Once he's re-evaluated, assuming all goes well, right, that's a big assumption, mm -hmm. but assuming all is well, then it's about five-on-five five contact, ramping himself up and getting his conditioning back to a level where he can play. Jenna, mm -hmm. best case scenario, he's not coming back till mid-December. Best case. And by mid-December, yeah. I mean, the Pelicans could be, I don't know, 3-20 and 20 for all we know. I, don't, what, I mean, right? Like, I don't know. Like, seems this, to be treading in that direction. This is not a good team, right? So right now. Um, so I, look, again, seven games is what it is. But at the 20-game mark, and he won't be back by the 20-game mark. 
But at the 20-game mark, if they are still trending in this poor direction, I mean, what, what are we talking about here? What are we doing? And, you know, uh, it, there's, there's a lot going on right now in, in New Orleans. And everything that, that David Griffin and that organization does is with the goal of we want to keep Zion here. Whether it be Team Zion not being on the right page with the Pelicans, whether it be trust issues, third coach in three years, third injury in three years, none of this has the signs early on, Jenna, of a long-term relationship. Exactly. And you know, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, is everybody forgetting? I know there's been a ton of um, different stories that have circulated, but the drama that the Pelicans were in during the summer um, with, you know, Zion apparently not being happy, but then he is happy, but his family's unhappy with him in, in New Orleans. I mean, he signs a Jordan shoe deal and the team tanks and, you know, it's he's the number one pick, of course, and people are expecting, you know, a show when they come to see him and it's it's not there. He's injured. He has different coaches coming in and out of the rotation like freaking the NFL here. <laughs> and it's just it's a mess. So I don't know what's going on with this recovery. I assume that that front office is on pins and needles trying to please him and make sure that they hold on to him because and what that's, else is left? And that's challenging, Jenna. And I'll say this. I don't know this because I haven't talked to anyone about it. Whether it's Zion's family, the team around him, and that's who I think most of his team is, is his family. Mm. There comes a point as a professional athlete where you have to be able to say, thank you, family, for all the sacrifices you've made to get me to this point. Mm -hmm. But I need to take charge of my professional career. If I want to achieve the, the goals I have in this game, I'm the one that needs to decide what's happening, what's going on. Like, right, I'm the decision maker. Um, I may take your counsel, but ultimately, I'm the person to decide, right? And that's easier said than done, particularly when you're super young and, you know, you feel a sense of like, look, I got to, these people help me. All that's all well and good and true, but it's like anything else. You're an adult. This is your career. They're not playing games for you. They're not training. They're not doing any of the stuff. That's you, my friend. So whatever it is you want to accomplish, you got to be the master of your own fate in that regard. And, you know, whatever's going on between the Pelicans and him and that, as I said, none of the signs early on, and Jenna, this is only year three, none of the signs early on suggest this is a long-term situation. Heck no, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something go down in this season, honestly. Um, and, you know, prayers that he doesn't get re-injured um, while coming back or yeah, yeah. whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I mean, let's shift gears here to a team in the West that's actually performing mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. compared to um, recent, recent times. <laughs> But we won't go back in time. Let's talk about right now. The Warriors are five and one, number two in the West, right? Well, they're kind of tied with mm -hmm, the Jazz. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, but still, they're up there. And they're. it's kind of like a little nostalgia, I'm <laughs> feeling, because to see them back at the top of the leaderboard here, Steph is doing Steph things, averaging 28, 29 points a night. Um, and, you know, he's doing very well with the rule change. Uh, we got Clay coming back in December. He's itching to get back, um, you know, still on the mend from the 75 list. It's fine. <laughs> but 
you know, Draymond Green clicking very well. And then we just hear that James Wiseman, the number two mm-hmm. overall pick that didn't really, he only played a, what, 39 games mm-hmm. last season because that meniscal tear um, in the knee. But he is cleared for full contact practice, which is great news because the Warriors are 5-1 and one now. But what happens when Wiseman comes back? And then, dare I say, we see Clay Thompson again on the court after so much injury and adversity. Well, if you remember in, the, in, in our season previews, Jenna, I was kind of a wait and see on the Warriors, right? I'm like, I don't yeah. know. Like, everyone's making a lot of assumptions. I will say this, however, through the six games that I've seen, they look way better offensively. And they look good on defense, like really good mm-hmm. on defense. I like what I'm seeing out of them. You know, again, it's not like a broken record, but talk to me 20 games in. Let's see where they are. If they're still on sure. the same pace they're at right now, and I'm like, then I'm like, ooh, okay, this might be for real. And again, the clay return is the thing that I'm watching the most. Everyone's assuming. He's going to come back and just be clay of old. He might. He also might not. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not worried about him offensively and shooting. That's going to, he's going to be fine. Defensively, clay was a big time linchpin of what they did. Mm-hmm. If he's compromised on that end, how does that impact what they do defensively? Um, so mm-hmm. I want to, and then once he's back, I'm going to want another 20 games of that to see before, right? It's not these small sample right. size. Like, you might come back and score 60 in a game. We're like, oh, Clay's back. Like, maybe. Let's see it over 20 games and see what, what it's actually looking like. He might be fine. They might be fine. They also might not, right? I really want to see what this looks like. And, you know, again, if Curry is doing his usual thing and he's nuclear and he's carrying the team, is he able to do that all the way through the postseason? Remember, one of the bigger issues in their early run before KD was they needed Durant because Curry could not carry them all regular season and postseason too, right? Plus injury, pending injury as well. Exactly. So that's what I want to see. So again, loving what I'm seeing. If you're a Warriors fan, plenty to be excited about. But pump the brakes. 20 games in. Let me see what you're at. 20 games in. Right. And I'm looking at the standings really quick here. Look at the Mavericks creeping right behind behind the Warriors. Mavericks Mavericks and Heat playing a great game tonight, the night we record on TNT, the the first game on the doubleheader. That'll be an interesting game. I want to see Miami and Dallas, like how they come out. You know, Dallas, the Lucas show, we know what he does. Miami come down and like do their thing and smack them up, you know, and like really clamp them down. That'll be interesting to see. Heck yeah. And uh, really quick before we wrap it up, did you happen to check out the uh, new City Edition jerseys I that did. Nike just dropped? I saw them. Which ones Any do you favorites? like? Uh, you know, for me, I'm not like a jerseys for me. You're kind of like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Timberwolves, um, though. Kind of nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did like the Timberwolves. Um, I thought Detroit looked mm. really cool. Um, and I dare I say, I have to say this, though, the Nets were my favorite mm. because I, I definitely told you this. My The first NBA game I ever went to was um, the New Jersey, New Jersey Nets, Nets, and I met Jason Kidd, oh. my first game. Took a picture of everything. I still have to dig that up. <laughs> but And they're just like the old. In old like, school, yeah, with the blue and the, the yeah, font it, yep, and the colors. It, it gives an homage back to the old court back uh, back in Secaucus. Yeah, in, in East Rutherford. So yeah, good. yeah, yeah. No, that's – that's yeah, that um, that that's a pretty cool jersey. I do like that city edition jersey. Now some of them are pretty cool, man. Like Nike does a great job with the jerseys, and I know yeah. I'm sure there were popular sellers out there on the on the interwebs. 
Oh, yeah. And I can't even take credit for this, but I was dying at Brian, um, our boy, Brian Fonseca's tweet. <laughs> did OKC even try? It's just like a plain white like jersey. And then I look at their record and I'm like, oh, it's oh, suiting. Well, yeah, I mean, OKC, the, the, the team that is the worst team in basketball right now. Literally the oh, worst. <laughs> so sad to say, you so know, sad. to think to yourself, wow, I'm on the worst team in basketball. No, worst team in basketball. <laughs> hey. It can it can change quickly though. That's what we know about this it uh, NBA. It ain't, it ain't uh, gonna change quickly for them though, but it can. <laughs> but not for them. <laughs> well, you know what needs to change quick? The Suns. But we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> so you tell them where we they can find us. Gerard. As always, folks, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at Seven Footers Pod, on Instagram at Seven Footers Podcast, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. And until next time, peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we made come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap, what's a man gonna do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Ride around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene